Hello, and welcome to Let the Big Dog Eat, a podcast where we will examine the pressing issue of food insecurity in Athens. Whether you're a student here or someone listening out of curiosity, you all are welcome to listen and take in our food for thought. I'm one of your hosts, Sabira Islam, and later you will hear from Mary Hennen as we continue. In this podcast, we will talk about what food insecurity is and who it affects, how people have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, what the long-term effects of being food insecure look like, and what actions can be taken to help solve this issue locally here in Athens and on a national scale. Food insecurity has definitely been a concern in Athens for many years. According to the annual Feeding America initiative in 2016, the food insecurity rate in Athens was 22%. And in 2019, it was 16.6%. And although this issue is getting better, 16.6% is still a large portion of our community that is still food insecure. So now that we've established that we got an issue on our hands, how do we approach any of this? Well, firstly, people have many conflicting ideas about food insecurity and food deserts and just poor eating habits in general. A good way to discuss this topic is by knowing exactly what food insecurity refers to. That's a good point. Food insecurity is defined as a lack of consistent access to enough food for every person in a household to live an active and healthy life. And this household term can refer to just one person or multiple people who share the burden of preparing food. Right, and also, being food insecure does not have to be forever. It can be temporary or it can last for a long time. It's one of the ways we can account for how many people cannot afford food. I think everyone can agree that COVID-19 had a negative impact on people physically, mentally, and financially, don't you think? Oh, for sure, and we're still adapting and recovering. As I was researching, I found a UGA article that explored how COVID-19 precautions put a financial burden on low-income households in Athens. Many struggled to put food on the table because they had to decide whether to pay rent or buy food. Some precautions had adverse effects, for example. Social distancing protocols put many low-income households out of work because they didn't have the option of working remotely. This loss of income caused many households to become food insecure. Secondly, if they got exposed to the virus, a two-week quarantine meant 14 days without pay, which also causes a financial strain. And not only does this lead to a risk of being food insecure, but it means that they must rely on others to bring them food. And this puts their health at risk too. Also, many low-income households in Athens typically rely on public transportation to get groceries. Because they encounter more people on public transportation, they are at higher risk of getting COVID. This can put their household income in jeopardy and lead them to become food insecure. After considering how having a low income can result in becoming food insecure, let's dive into the long-term effects. According to a Harvard University report, a healthy diet for a single person can cost an additional $1.50 more per day compared to the cost of an unhealthy diet. This means that for a household of four, that's an additional $42 per week, totaling up to an extra $2,190 per year, which is a big expense for impoverished families making less than about $25,000 per year. Wow, I never looked at it like that. 
Yeah, so it's much more financially feasible and realistic for them to obtain unhealthier options. However, this ultimately means that food insecure families are more likely to suffer from health issues such as high blood pressure, obesity, and diabetes. But this is not the only effect of food insecurity on the population. Generational nutrition and epigenetics, which is a new study that discusses how our behaviors and environment alter the way our genes work, have a big role in the problem of food insecurity. In regards to generational food insecurity, a mother's health while pregnant directly determines the child's development of chronic disease. There are two pathways caused by food insecurity that results in a baby's risk of chronic disease. Lack of nutrition in the mother's egg results in the baby not receiving enough nutrients to grow. It is born underweight and it has an increased risk of heart disease and other chronic diseases later in its life. The other pathway results in babies that are born at the higher end of the weight spectrum. It's caused by the mother's intake of unhealthy, inexpensive food. Overconsumption of glucose leads to high blood sugar in the mother, which spreads glucose across the placenta. The baby takes it in as energy and stores it as fat, resulting in an overweight baby. The interesting part is that both babies have the same risk of developing chronic disease and can be vulnerable for the rest of their lives. They develop fewer heart cells, fewer filtering units in their kidneys, and also have less insulin-making cells in their pancreases. As they get older, they can develop chronic diseases, and if no action against the issue of food insecurity is taken, future generations will become more vulnerable as well. Solving the issue of food insecurity is definitely complex. It can be argued that the government should take care of these people, or the local community should, or that, quote-unquote, these people should just get a job. But obviously, after a pandemic, we know that this issue is beyond the individual. It's a multifaceted problem, and we will highlight some ways we believe we can take a step towards solving it. First off, it's important to recognize that there are some forms of government relief regarding food insecurity. Programs like Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, and Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, or TANF, are put into place to help low-income households out of the cycle that causes generational negative effects. Many households who may qualify for these benefits may not know they're eligible, as the process to attain them can be long and or intimidating to people. Let's explain the two programs a bit more for those of you listening. SNAP is a program administered by the USDA under the Food and Nutrition Service, or the FNS. It is committed to ending hunger and moving people towards self-sufficiency. It provides assistance on a SNAP household basis, which is defined by everyone who lives together and purchases and prepares meals together. But there are some people who live together, such as spouses and most children under the age of 22, that are included in the same SNAP household, even if they purchase and prepare meals separately. And normally, you are not eligible for SNAP benefits if an institution gives you most of your meals. There are exceptions and adjustments made for the elderly and disabled populations. And eligibility requirements depend on income and are reviewed case by case by each state's SNAP agency. 
The other government program, TANF, is administrated by the Georgia Department of Human Services under the Division of Family and Children's Services, or DFCS. TANF is a monthly cash assistance program available to low-income families with children under the age of 18 and children age 18 and attending school full-time. It also reviews applications submitted to the DFCS on a case-by-case basis and it uses EBT, or electronic benefit transfers, to distribute money. This program also contains an employment services component and has a free interpretation service for people who do not speak English. In addition, people who do not speak English or have a disability can notify a staff member for further accommodations. But even in our community, people may not realize what Athens has to offer. We have the Athens Area Emergency Food Bank and the Athens Community Gardens by the Athens Land Trust available to aid people who are struggling with the cost of food. There's even a UGA food pantry for those of you that are students listening in need of help. In general, people should be made aware of what resources are here to help, whether it be a food pantry or a community garden. And lastly, we urge you, our listeners, to dedicate time and supplies to local food banks near you or volunteer a couple of weekends to a community garden so that these resources can stay afloat and continue to serve those who are food insecure. In conclusion, food insecurity can reduce one's overall quality of life as it may impact a person from even before when they are born. There are many external factors like a person's income and food access that contribute to this issue. As we recover from the pandemic, it's important to remember that being food insecure is not a single individual's concern. It is a societal one and a real problem in the face of public health. By spreading access to beneficial programs, whether it be from the government or the community, we can all play a role in what happens next by dedicating ourselves to this issue. If you enjoyed our podcast and want to help reduce food insecurity in Athens, Share this and consider visiting any of the resources that we've talked about to help let the big dog eat.